Welcome to Adventures in Careerland. I'm the career facilitator in the Louisville School Division, and we're really glad and happy to be here with you today because this is season three, the beginning of season three of Adventures in Careerland, and it's been a long and fascinating journey. The purpose of our podcast is to gather the stories of people in formation, people who are thinking about their lives, thinking about where the possibilities lie, and thinking about what kind of jobs they want to try out. We find that when people listen to this podcast, they feel a little inspired because there's many stories that come and many personal narratives that come out of here. And many of the decisions people make are really, really powerful for other people to listen to and think about in their own context. What we figure out from this podcast is that a lot of people have the same kinds of issues when it comes to career thinking. They're tough to make decisions, but it's always about trying to figure out what's the right fit. Where does it work? What works for me? And that's what this podcast is about. And we broadcast live from, it's always edited, but we broadcast live from the Luriel School Division, the Arts and Technology Center, the broadcast media program. And that's one of the 13 gems in the Arts and Technology Center, 13 applied and technical and apprenticeship programs. This one's a gem. And that's where kids in this program learn how to be broadcast media specialists. And I am ably assisted all the time by two of the smartest kids in the program. This year, we're continuing with last year's crew. Zoe. <laughs> Zoe. Yes. How's the summer gone? Summer was okay. I spent the entire summer working, pretty much. Where do you work? I worked at a small restaurant in Ontario. Oh, my gosh. So what was the big meal there? What was the popular meal? Um, we sold a lot of burgers. Burger, okay. Well, what did they call their burger? Uh, hamburger and... Oh, come on. Hamburger That's just, What a boring place special. to work. There's no Fat Boy or a Whopper or something like that. Nothing like that. No, we're not that fancy. Okay, not that fancy. And of course... So now you're back for your final year. This is your final semester. So I'm going to be blessed with Zoe for just until February. Marty, a little misty-eyed. And our other able assistant, our other producer, is Akira. Akira Sakaki. Akira, how was your summer? What did you do? Uh, it was good. I uh, mainly did, like, home renovations. So What? Do you own a house? No, like, my, my family's house, like my parents' okay. house. Yeah. So what did you fix? What are you good at in home renovations? Well, like, my dad will install the drywall, and then I'll just, like, patch it. So, like, you know, like patching drywall, you've got to put, like, the... I guess, like, the binds so that there's no, like, rocky edges. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so it's a lot of work. Actually. It's a lot of work, but yeah. that is an incredible life skill to have yeah. if your dad's showing you how to do that. What yeah. does your dad do for a living? Does he do this regularly? Well, my dad, he uh, he works in a construction company, so, yes. yeah. And then he also, like, he works sometimes in, like, a sushi place. So it's kind of, yeah. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Yeah. So you're... Uh, you're eating sushi in a beautifully dry wall. What's the color of the room going to be that you're working on? Honestly, it's probably going to be white. <laughs> boring. Kind yeah. of boring. Anyway, so I'm so glad to have you both back for this third season. And the third season, boy, we're in the uh, couple of dozen of these now. So we're going to continue. Every week, we'll try to be as regular as we can. 
And our opening, our opening guest is, well, unbelievable. We're so pleased. And it's Justine Pru. Justine Pru is a person whom I met wandering the hallways of the Arts and Technology Center, and she was painting the walls. And she wasn't doing what you were doing, Akira, like setting up drywall <laughs> and, and painting them white. She was doing incredible murals, and I just stopped and stared at the murals. So, Justine, welcome. Thank you. It's exciting to be here. Oh, it's super exciting to have you. So, Justine, when I met you, you were doing mm -hmm. murals, mm -hmm. and your background is Métis. Yeah. You were hired to do this. It's, 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 it's part of your, uh, your background and your journey to have, to have become this incredible artist. Because when I stopped and looked at those murals, I honestly, my jaw dropped because... The art was spectacular, and I told you that, and I, and I saw you working on a small portion, yeah. and I had to run to you <laughs> and say, what, oh my gosh, you're the one doing this? Oh my gosh, so tell us how you got to ATC and doing murals of it. Well, I came to hair school here in 2005, no, 2014, um, September 2014 is when I came here and started, and then ended my program in June of 2000, no, October of 2015, so... Um, yeah, I came here right after grad, and then I, I guess Brian Cameron found me, like he follows me on Instagram, and I did a mural um, at Miles Mac. My mom is the Indigenous uh, Studies teacher there, so over the lockdown, when my job was shut down, I did a mural there, and I posted it, I don't know, months later, because I kind of forgot about it, and I posted it, and Brian saw it, and he's like, you need to come and do this here, so yeah, I just came in, he showed me what walls he wanted painted and kind of just gave me a lot of creative freedom, which was awesome. Oh, you, and, and, and it's spectacular. I love the lines. We'll talk about the art yeah. the art a bit, but now you didn't, you, you weren't a Lua Riel School Division student. Mm -mm, no, you, not in high school. Okay, so where did you go? Kelvin Christian. Kelvin Christian. It's a super teeny school in Transcona. That's right. Yeah, it's like grade seven to 12. I, my graduating class was like 23 people. Well, that's good. What's yeah. the advantage of that? I liked it. Um, I liked it because like, I still have a relationship with some of my high school teachers. I tattoo them. I cut their hair. Um, quite a bit of them I still talk to. And it was nice because with such small classes, and like I've been with those kids since grade four, so I knew them super well. Or it, was, it was great. And the teachers had more time for one-on-one -on -one work, very similar to the vibe at ATC where you never felt like you were getting forgotten about really and um, the teachers just always had time to help you out. So, so that's important to you then, like mm -hmm. like the yeah. smallness, the community, yeah. the building relationships piece, super mm -hmm. important. Because I can see that in your art. I feel like you're so connecting to your art, and then it connected to me. I felt like that comes from a person who has that great sense and mm -hmm. that great sense of honoring people and relationships yeah. and the animals around her. Because you, I, anyone who hasn't been to ATC to see these things has to come down here and just for a little walk. They're they're I know they're hard to photograph. Hard oh to, gosh! Yeah, it's oh, hard yes. to show in a post. <laughs> it's hard to show in a post, but we'll try through some of our social media pieces to talk about some of your work. And, and I, I, I think we, I, th I think we've already done that. I'm interested in this hairstyling. So you mm -hmm. come from Kelvin, yep. and you decide, oh my gosh, you're a high school kid in grade 11, thinking, I want to try hairstyling. Mm -hmm. Why would you try that? Well, my aunt's a hairstylist, so I grew up around it. Like she, her, and my mom worked in a salon together. She owns one on Concordia. My aunt, so I was around salons my whole life um i used to play in that salon and play on mannequins when i was a kid and um my mom uh she uh t she before the program got shut down she was miles max nail technology teacher um and that program sadly got shut down in the last year but she taught there for 
I don't even know, eight to 10 years, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was just always in my family. And I knew from the age of eight that I wanted to be a tattoo artist. So, but it's hard to get into that industry. There's, there's no school for it. You have to find someone to teach you. So in high school, I was like, you know, I need a, a, a real job, for lack of a better word, to make sure that I can <laughs> go and make money and, and do something that I actually enjoy doing. At the time, I was working at the YMCA as the swim instructor manager, which it was a good job, but I've been doing it since I was like 15 and a half, 16. So it was kind of time to move on from that. So, so you've got some disparate parts here. Like, <laughs> that's what I mean. We always talk about, and Akira and Zoe and I talk about in this podcast all the time about collecting these dots. Yeah. And then we always talk about, well, once you collect them, you have to kind of connect them mm -hmm. and pull them together. So you're thinking you have some background, your mom's into the, the, the hairstyling gig. Yeah. And what does, and you want to be, how do you know you want to be a tattoo kid at eight years old? Mostly from my dad, actually. He, he has tattoos. It was always his, his dream to be a tattoo artist. And he would draw all the time. My parents, like when I was younger, seemed to almost like go out every Friday or Saturday and we'd get a babysitter. But while my mom was getting ready, which usually took like two hours, my <laughs> my dad would draw at the table so i would draw with him and he had lots of tattoo magazines so he would b basically just tell me um like copy this picture like look at the tattoo magazine try and recreate it try and do this he'd teach me how to shade all that kind of stuff so i sat with him like weekly and did that um and then it just kind of escalated from there i just knew that that's what i wanted to do i grew up watching like um like kat von d and, and ink master and all that kind of stuff when yes, i was yes. little yeah and yeah, no, my dad, he, he doesn't have a lot of tattoos, but I just remember I went to Metamorphosis where I work now when I was 12, um, cause my dad was getting a tattoo by an artist that used to work there. And I just remember that was the first time I'd been in that shop and it was just, it's super beautiful. It's huge. Like the lobby is bigger than this room. It's massive. It has like eight tattoo rooms, a bunch of piercing rooms. And I just remember going in there and it just being like, I just knew that I was supposed to be there, even at 12. And I got to sit and watch my dad get the tattoo. It was a small piece. It was like me and my um, sister and brother's initials on his forearm. So it took like, I don't know, maybe two hours. But the guy doing the tattoo let me sit as close as I wanted. He gave me advice and he just let me watch super close, which was amazing. And so from eight to 12, I knew that that's kind of what I wanted to do. I drew all the time. And then once I got to go watch a tattoo, being performed and this this artist was you know answering my questions and, and giving me great advice and talking about how he got into the industry and it was just it was great so then after that i'm like i'm supposed to work here at this place and my, my i said that to my dad the day of his tattoo i'm like i'm gonna work here and he's like okay like all right <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure yeah do you want to go for ice cream yeah because yeah, i'm a child <laughs> um yeah and then i didn't go back again until i was 16 when i got my nose pierced and then after that, I just kept getting piercings, getting tattooed, and um, yeah, and then got hired. I got hired as a piercer first, and I pierced for about four years before I started tattooing. Well, when did you get hired as a piercer? That after oh, the hairstyling gig? It was kind of in the middle of it. So I started doing hairstyling. It was great. Now, what's the advantage? Now, yeah. this is, I asked you this in the hallway quickly before, mm -hmm. but so has hairstyling and being involved in that program, which yep. you always felt was close-knit, it reminded you that Kelvin experience yeah. and, and that's important to you mm -hmm. how did that influence you your tattoo skills mindset like doing potential hair? yeah doing the hair thing hair 
I just love creative jobs. So hair is is an art, basically. You know, you need to know the technical stuff. You know, make sure you don't burn someone's scalp. Make sure you don't ruin their ruin their hair. Um, but you get to talk to someone for anywhere from half an hour to f- four hours, depending on the color that you're doing. And that's kind of how tattooing is. You have to spend time with someone and touch them. When you're doing hair, as soon as you touch someone and and, and start to get comfortable with them, they just start talking about yes, their life. Yeah, yes. absolutely. That's the cool thing. Yeah, in fact, so. when I sit and they've actually done my hair and these yeah. guys are looking at my hair, you're all looking at my hair saying, well, <laughs> how long does that take? It looks like a five-minute job. I know because there's not a lot to work with. But when I sit in that chair and it actually gets slightly long, yeah. the beauty is the conversation. Mm-hmm. As soon as you break down the wall a bit, the conversation is the fun part, right? Absolutely, yeah. And it looks like, Akira, you're due for a haircut, I think. I want to go get a perm, actually. I like it. Really? Your hair is so nice. I want to actually <laughs> go get a perm here. I've gotten them Do done it. before and they did a really good job. All right, and what's the conversation like? Uh, actually, it was kind of funny. I was I was sitting there, and they're like, "This is the first time a guy comes in to get a perm," and they were just like, they were having so much fun doing it. It took a long time, I won't lie, you but have it's a lot of hair. <laughs> it's because they're learning. So and well, they're learning, and, yeah, and that's I, the fun. Yeah. And my get now, Zoe, are you gonna go to the? Uh, you, um, could, you got a lot of hair. This is I your do, potential yeah. to turn it into something. What do you want to yeah. do? I don't really have any plans for my hair. <laughs> I like having the blue in my hair right now. When it gets closer to graduation, I was thinking of going like to the hairstyling thing here so that they could like touch it up so that it looks nice for graduation. But come on, Zoe, little adventure, a little <laughs> color, something a little off the wall. Well, I, I used to, I I used to have a lot of hair and I let them cut it down to That's this. That's a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> That's a total lie. That's a total lie. Okay. Anyway, we're gonna get you in there and we're gonna make sure she does something spectacular. Oh no. <laughs> No, they're really skilled. I'm, I was, yeah, I was yeah, a little nervous. Really good, yeah. I thought exactly what you thought. These are sharp objects, and these oh, are for kids sure. who are learning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, rookie, watch me pull a rabbit oh, out of my head. Yeah. And I thought, oh my gosh, they were. You yeah, guys, you guys are great top. teachers. The, Absolutely, the teachers in that program are are outstanding and mm-hmm. so attentive and so technical. Yeah, but so relationship building. Yeah, you know, like like yeah. La- like they're so kind. So you got to go in something spectacular. We'll we'll design it for you. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, <laughs> that's what'll happen. Okay. So the hairstyling was just a creative outlet for you. Absolutely. And it was familiar because I'd been around it my whole life. So it was just like, okay, I, I'm going to go do this because it it's, well, I mean, it's great for money. It can be great for money. And you went and off and got Red Seal because you don't get Red Seal here. You, you do. Red- yeah, you get Red Seal with um, okay. hairstyling. So yes. the nice thing about ATC is you have to do your government exam and they yes. bring the examiners to us in the salon. So... Um, it's it's great because we all get to do it together. Yes. And then to get your red seal, you have to just work a certain amount of hours and yes. a certain amount of time. So even if you work all the hours, it's like 2,000-something, I forget. Even if you work all the hours, you still have to wait, I think it's like two and a half, three years. I can't fully yes. remember. Yes. And then you get your red seal. So I met those hours way before because I worked like more than 40 hours a week. And then I just kind of had to wait for an extra six months to just get the red seal in the mail. And to keep it up, you just need to pay something like, it's less than $100 yeah, yeah, every two yeah, years. Yeah, it's a fee. Well, yeah. B- but that's an accreditation. Like, I recommend that to any student. Like, to get a red seal? Well, to get some kind of applied training yeah. piece, some technical piece. I really like what you said. Whenever you're in doubt, you have this excellent space to go mm-hmm. to make money. Absolutely. And to do something you enjoy. It's a good backup, too. Like, oh, it's it, a, it, the training here is fast. Like, you don't have to spend five years of your time to become a hairstylist or, or some of the other trades in the school. and. You can always fall back on it. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. No, and, and that's where there's a, I remember watching, uh, like there's some videos by Kevin Fleming, a prof in, in California. I've talked about that before, I think, where he says, if, 
the way to really survive, a lot of these kids go to college in the U.S., which is our university, right? Mm. And they wind up being underemployed or yeah. in the wrong jobs. His point is nothing wrong with that because it's building skill in you and it's building mindset and analytical skills and all kinds of writing skills and communication skills. Yeah. When you combine that with any kind of technical trade, you're golden for this new mm -hmm. economy. Yeah. And so that's a really good way. You guys are doing that. Like you're in the broadcast media program. You're learning the Adobe suite. You're learning a lot of technical skills. You're also sitting in podcasts. You're also talking to people. You're standing in front of groups. You're organizing and developing programs. You guys are getting the best of everything. And if you go to university down the road, that's just, that, that's just extra pudding. Yeah. Like, like, like that's dessert. You don't have to do that anymore. That doesn't have to be the way to go yeah. anymore. And so that's, that, that's really powerful. This building was an eye-opener for me when I started about, wow, these kids are really getting skilled. Mm -hmm. They're really getting powerful skills that will allow them to move directly into the economy and make a difference right away. Pretty cool. Do you have any thoughts? Um, honestly, though, I, I always say it, and I was talking to Mr. P about it. I feel like not enough students know like what it's like at ATC mm -hmm. because they're always used to like the high school experience. Just like you sit there, your teachers like teaching you the basics like math, science, all that stuff. But if, if more students knew exactly what it's like, because I, I feel like it's almost like it's almost like hands-on learning, like um, project-based learning to a point because Mr. P standing up there teaching us, but he also sends us out to do things on our own and that's how you learn. So I think it's it's a lot of fun learning that way because you're more likely to yeah. remember it, right? Spot on. The yeah. experience, yeah. like the whole experience, right? Yeah, exactly. Zoe, the experience, right? Like yeah. getting getting stuff, doing with your hands. I like yeah. what you said. I went directly, and my son did this too. He he was thinking about mechanical engineering, and I said, "Well, let's go sit in a class." Yeah. At Red River, and he sat in a class for two days, and he said, "I think this is it." Yeah. But he had to go in there and sit, and he went and talked to the uh, to the teacher or the prof, whatever Red River calls him, and um, it it made a difference. You went right into this tattoo place right away, yeah, and you were immersed in it, yeah, and that makes a difference. You leaning over, watching the tattoo mm -hmm. in action. What was that like? Can you recall that? Experience? It was awesome um, because I it was just. I don't want to say it was a spiritual experience, but kind of because. Oh, good. Yeah, no, it's like I just I had this feeling my whole life, even as a child, that this is this is supposed to be my my life path. This is supposed to be what I'm doing. And as soon as I went into that specific shop, because I'd been in other tattoo shops before, like my dad, when I was younger, had tried to get an apprenticeship. So and they liked his work, but you don't make money when you're apprenticing. And he had three small children, yes, so it's yes. not super feasible. Um, so I'd been in other shops and not gotten that same feeling. But being there, it just was, I don't know, there was just something about it where watching it, I'm like, I just can't wait to do that. Yeah, the power of experience yeah. and trying things out mm -hmm. is huge. Mm -hmm. And most of us, I mean, in my world growing up, I, it was all about, you should go to university. And mm -hmm. that's not the way it is anymore. Yeah, it, it, It's not feasible anymore. And the universities have to rethink their, so their own paradigm, yeah. right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, and, and I, I think they're starting to, but trying to move stuff in education is, you know, is... is is just so slow, yeah. slow, arduous, slow, slow moving. Anyway, there. Tell us about the mural. Now, the mural, the artwork. Just let me. I'll give you my impression of the artwork. Because sure. why I stopped. I love the roundness of your work, like the lines, like the smoothness and the smoothness. Yeah. But things are round. Mm -hmm. When I look at some indigenous art and landscapes and stuff, the lines are much more distinct. Yeah. And straight. Mm -hmm. am, am I wrong in this? Like no, there's, I, there's a I, couple I, different styles, but yes. I like this. It's called like woodland art, and a bunch woodland. of different artists do it. 
Um, and I've seen it in like um, museums. I've seen it on other murals in Winnipeg. It's super common. But there's there's some woodland artists that I never want people to be like trying too hard to figure out what they're looking at. Some indigenous artists, yes. just a lot. It's a lot of lines, a lot of colors. And you're trying to figure out like, okay, that's a bear, that's that. And they're all kind of close together. But I want people to be able like to, to look at it and figure out what it is. And I think a lot of that comes from tattooing because with tattooing, you need to make your tattoos like that. You need to have the certain amount of contrast and you need to make sure that it's going to look good in 50 years from now. Yes. Yeah. So yes. I yes. think a lot of the, the, that's the, the challenge with yeah. tattoo. Boy, you're bringing up a point. I mm -hmm. thought what yeah. happens like, like if you get the tattoo, I don't want to know where it is. Okay. <laughs> Zoe, I don't know. I don't want to know where your tattoo is, but the tattoos you have, Zoe's looking at me like I have three heads, but <laughs> The tattoos you have, like once you get older, unless mm -hmm. you keep up your your tone, does it, it does. Yeah, is that so? That's a major issue. I it thought is. it wasn't an issue. Like I'm 25. I got my first tattoo when I was 18. It definitely looks different than it did when I was, so and I'm young. Fade. Yeah, it's yeah. it fades a little bit, and the lines blur. So if you like gain an, a crazy amount of weight, even lose a crazy, it has to be a lot of weight and kind of at a fast speed in order for it to get stretched. But just it just and it depends on the artist too. So you want to make sure that the lines are not done too close together. You want to make sure that you have enough contrast because certain yes. colors fade. They, they blur a little bit. Like I have a piece on my leg right now where um, there was a top part and a bottom part. And the bottom part was done four years ago and the top part was done two months ago. And the difference is pretty insane. Okay. Um, and the top part is already kind of settled into my skin. It's healed. But you can definitely tell, even looking back on photos, like, and I'm young and I'm in shape and they still blur just a little bit. So, so. you would tell an old guy who mm -hmm. says, I want a tattoo in the middle of my stomach. Uh, I'd do it. Uh, well, uh, probably <laughs> not an old guy. Probably not a great idea. Well, as long as it's done right. Like I tattooed, <laughs> I think my oldest client was 86. Um, yeah, I tattooed quite a bit of older people. Yeah. And as long as they get it the proper size, I mean, I'm like, you're 86. Like, how much more time do you have here? It's not going to age that badly. So it's great. I actually really like tattooing older people because they, they're just down. I like to drink a lot of Coke and things. <laughs> and there's a good chance my stomach's going to get a lot bigger that, as I yeah. age. Like, it, so yeah. you have to consider that. Even people or, getting pregnant, look, people all Zoe, sorts of stuff. Zoe, yeah. you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Like, you, like, you know, when I say like, Coca-Cola, I might like mean other darker, things, right? Like black ones? Like, because color fades a lot. It can, yeah. As, like, if you're sunscreening it, um, if you're pale, like, you know, skin tone does matter. Yeah. There's some skin tones where you can put the same color, but it's not going to show up as vibrantly. Yeah. Um, someone who's super, super, super dark, um, you don't want to put like yellows in their skin. It, it just yeah. changes weird. But yeah, I love doing black and gray, but I also love doing color. I do a bit of both. And it just kind of depends on the style. Very, yeah, very much so. See, that mm -hmm. that's amazing technical stuff. Now, mm -hmm. there's no apprenticeship for it. Well, are, there is, but there's no school for it. Are you the yeah. person who's going to start that school? I don't want to start a school because I there's a, there's a tattoo school starting like there's a few of them popping up in like Toronto I've seen one yeah. pop up in Vancouver, and the thing is is that it kind of takes away I think from like it's supposed to kind of be a bit of a difficult experience it's kind of yes. tradition for it to be difficult and for you to have to work really hard and these tattoo schools if you Google them right now they'll be like hey three grand come on in we'll give you your equipment you'll tattoo oranges fake skin. We'll teach you how to tattoo. I could teach any of you right now how to use a machine. Absolutely. But you guys can't draw, probably. I know. I haven't seen you draw. But well, you know what I mean? Obviously haven't seen <laughs> my Schmegley comments. Yeah. <laughs> like, the thing is, is like, I could probably teach almost anyone to use the machine, awesome. use the power pack, know, you know, have yes, the knowledge. Yes. But to actually do it is very difficult. And these tattoo schools, what they're doing is they're taking anyone in. 
with crappy portfolios with people who can't yes. do art and they're not teaching yes. them that and they're just like here's a machine go for it and then the thing is is people like my boss people like people who have been tattooing for years and years and have worked so hard and sacrificed so much to do this craft they won't hire those people yeah. at all. Yeah. So those they won't. Those, so sense. those tattoo yeah. schools are pointless. Oh, well, but yeah. is there a way? Yes, but is there a way to make that school what it should be? Well, I, don't know. I mean, I if think you look it'll at oversaturate like, the industry too. If yes. you look at yeah. like how Red River does their thing for their graphic program, because I thought about going, yeah. they ask you to submit a portfolio right. and yes. they make you do it like actually like a project before they even tell yes. you if you're yeah. in. Yeah. So maybe if they did it like with that approach where they had kind of like a basic skill mm -hmm. level you need to be like yeah, good at drawing to get do. in yeah and maybe it would work out a little better well, in your industry they do that in the Crecom program I, I remember working with some students getting their portfolio together you want to join Crecom you have to be a writer right or at least you have to be you have to have a collection of writings that show potential okay yeah that kind of thing and some digital pieces in different parts right, right? so any any faculty that's serious is probably and, no, and, and trying to get yeah, students exactly. but students I, I feel for them because they're probably trying to get the industry moving. Well, yeah. and the thing is, is even right now in Winnipeg, there are there's more apprentices than I even know. Yes. The industry is like there's enough people in Winnipeg that need tattoos. Like our no oh, one sorry. at our shop right now can take anyone else. We're all booked two years in advance. Like our wait two list. Years. Wow. My wait list is insane. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, but you got to be good too. Like I imagine they look at your artwork and go. I want just people wait. Yeah, some people, yeah. you know, if they want a little script it's, word well, or something. Well, it's like a hairstylist, like, right? Yeah. You're not going, once you find your hairstylist. You don't want to leave them. You don't leave them, yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. You know, my hairstylist is Singleton, so it's, no, I'm kidding. Singleton. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know what that means. So. <laughs> that's, uh, that's just a. Uh, it's just like a little chain. Place. Yeah, it's, like, it's like the no-name hairstylist. Yeah. yeah. Singleton's yeah. is going <laughs> to say, no, it's, it's not a no-name, but it's it's one of these branch plant kind of. They have a high turnover. High turnover. Okay. A lot of apprentices get. There. Anyway, so talk more about the art, though. Like the mm -hmm. art, like you come from a woodlands background, right? What, yeah. what was it like as a kid growing up in the woodlands? Tell us where you were and, and what that meant to you. Well, you know, and you mentioned spiritual. Talk mm -hmm. about how that connected to you. Like I didn't see too, too much indigenous art growing up. Um, I know we had like one piece hung in my basement that was this like bear that I don't even know where my parents had gotten it. It was in our laundry room. And I just always liked it. It was like this <laughs> woodland art. And like we didn't have it hanging like ridiculously in our house or anything. Um, so I kind of saw it a little bit more. Oh, I feel like it was at the art gallery when I was a bit younger. They did this like thing of like eight indigenous artists. I, they've done it more recently, but they did it when I was younger too. And I just, I didn't really get into it until I was maybe in high school, I feel, because we had to do a project in, in art where I think we had to do something like a piece of art that had to do with our heritage. So like people were doing yes. all, like one of my girlfriends is Dutch, she was doing Delft pottery stuff. Um, so everyone was doing something totally different. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna look up indigenous art. And there's a few different styles, but woodland art, I just, I really like it. I like how it's simplified, I like how um, the colors are usually flat. It's more, I don't know, I like it. It's easy on the eyes. So I did that for that specific project. And I think I did like wolves and some fish and I just painted them on canvases. And then that was my project. And after that, I just kind of wanted to keep drawing it. I, I drew all sorts of stuff preparing for my apprenticeship. Um, so the woodland art didn't really become a thing again in my life until honestly my mom asked me to do a mural at Miles Mac and I was like okay I'll just I'll go for it I have time my job shut down so um, now what's the preparation go into for a mural okay well I just finished the two I'm going to do like last night I finished them um, that I'm going to do in the office and at student services and 
I kind of, a lot of it is spiritual for me at least because this is like a, a big deal. It's something that's going to be there for a long time. It's not a piece of art on a canvas. It's it's going to stick there in the well, hallway. It's a legacy piece. Yeah, until you, you right? guys paint over it, until the school's gone. I don't know. Yeah. And until it peels off, who knows. So I usually meditate quite a bit on it and I, I sit and well, I Well, maybe you'll be like, Leonardo da Vinci. Maybe, <laughs> they'll, maybe there'll be works that they'll continue. To, like they find old works. I was just reading about Leonardo. Yeah. Salvador Mundi, one of his great, pieces and he worked with students right mm -hmm. and and leonardo i read a lot about him i just love his life yeah. as, as the renaissance writer and thinker and creator and they found an old painting someone bought it for 100 bucks yeah it sold for 120 million that's crazy. because wow. they uncovered it right. they uncovered it and discovered this is an original leonardo this wow. wasn't by one of his students so crazy. It, maybe that's what's going to happen to you. They're going to find your work. <laughs> yes. It's too bad that Leonardo, like Leonardo would have liked a piece of that 120, I think. 120 yeah, million. right? Yeah. Back crazy. then, but no. Yeah. Somebody's making it. Of course, it's a Russian oligarch, I think, who bought it. Anyway. Amazing. Yeah. But yeah, no, lots of, I, I like to just make sure I, I normally just pray, meditate, and I'm like, hey, what's this supposed to be? What do I, what do I want to represent? It's not so much about the actual art, I mean it is, but I just like to have an idea going into it. And when, when Brian asked me to do that big hallway, I was like, hey, this is this is a lot. This is, you know, something that everyone is gonna see walking into the school. So I was I was just thinking about my experience at ATC and I'm like, what do people here need to see or want to see yes. every day? What's gonna be the audience, right? People? The yeah. audience. You know yeah. the audience. And you're a great person to do this because you mm -hmm. know you knew who walked down these hallways yeah. and up and, and down them. My locker was in that hallway, like right there. So I was I was just you know sitting and meditating on it and I'm like hey I want to do something about community and um, that was my biggest thing for that mural specifically and and Brian too just really wanted like indigenous art to be to be a thing so the one going in the office soon is going to be about the creation story um, and Turtle Island so that'll be fun the one in the student services is that one's just a little bit more fun it's going to be like an underwater type scene and there's a lot of water birds in it um and that one just kind of represents um nature and how nature communicates with itself not as deep that one but it looks pretty sweet and yeah but yeah the hallway one i i wanted to um put something about balance in it and especially community that was yeah i noticed deal. that like you actually entitled the one mm -hmm. in the hallway yeah Balance. The big ones I title, the smaller ones. Uh. And for me, I always talk about that. That's I think that's what connected me to that painting or that mural right away. Is I'm always seeking balance. I'm mm -hmm. always seeking a sense of don't get too high here, or yeah. too low here. Just find the the peace and the serenity of balance. Well, it goes for everything. Yes. Really in life. How important yeah. is that to you? Super important. It's something I think about every single day. Like my yes. so one thing that's hard with tattooing is you bring your work home with you. Like I ta try and tattoo at the shop 30 to 40 hours a week. I draw more than that at home. So yes. I probably draw at least five hours a day. And Jeez. I know, yeah. And, and I try but, and take a day off But that's your commitment but, to the work, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's what yeah. you love to do. Well, so Zoe, what do you do an extra five hours a day? At, at five hours a day? Yeah, um, extra. No, nothing special. Probably nothing watch special. TV or watch something. TV, there you go. What do you do? Uh, sometimes I'll just sit down on my computer and do like graphic design. See, that's cool. But yeah. that's a lot. Like you're committing, a lot, yeah. and, and and you're saying this is so important to me. I want to, and mm -hmm. it's to do it though must be some kind of almost emancipation for you. This up, uplifting. Yeah, piece of like you, right? the time goes by fast. Like I, I don't feel all the time as if it's work. Like some tattoos that are more challenging to do. Hard, you know, if some clients want to stick a bunch of ideas in one tattoo, it's hard to create that piece that will 
age well, look good, represent everything. And we when want. you get on a roll, what's that like? It's great. Time goes by fast. I there's some days you get where, in the flow, right? Absolutely. There's some days I can finish five tattoos in one day, like when yeah, I'm drying at yeah. home on my day off. And then some tattoos takes three nights to complete, and I want to cry because it's it's it depends on the client and what we're doing. Yeah, but that's the difficult. moment, right? Like the difficult Art. ones are the moments, right? When, mm -hmm. And I always like I do a lot of writing. Yeah. So. When I'm on a roll, I just I have to keep going. And Absolutely. Yeah. My wife will be talking to yeah. me, and I'll say, "No, no, I I'm, I have to finish this. Yeah. I just give me another half hour." And she goes, "Been an hour." Right. I said, "Oh yeah, I, I'm just and it'll it'll move that way." And mm -hmm. when you're in that flow, you got to take advantage of those moments. Yes. Especially but I've with always, a hard tattoo. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But I've learned that in my creative process, and I wonder about yours now. It's the difficulty of just getting it out. Mm -hmm. And then it will come. Yeah. It, w it will come, but mm -hmm. you have to be loyal to the process. Yeah. What do you think? Well, even creating the mural that, like, yesterday I was drawing them. The one in student services I had a very clear idea for. Um, and that I was able to bang out super easy. But the one with the office, I... Uh, that was one I had to meditate quite a bit on. And I drew so many sketches, and I'm like, what am I going to do in here? And it yes. took probably oh, four and a half, five hours to be, like, to just get the general idea out yes, because yes. I'm like, I need this to, to look good, of course. Um, and it's in the office, it's it's probably, people are going to see that before they see the big mural sometimes. So, um, but once they got the general idea out, drawing it takes like, I don't even know, maybe an hour and a half. To I know, draw. but it, it's that moment and that overcoming, what a feeling. Oh, right? I was like, okay, I can go it. downstairs and go for a walk or something. Yes. Like, I can yes. leave it alone because I figured it out. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's, it's, and, and, and there's a lesson there just about, I love reading about, I'm listening to, I like James Taylor. He's an old singer, okay? <laughs> but I like listening to him. And he wrote about his creative process. Yeah. And he did a little, there's a little documentary I saw about it. And I could just listen to it over and over again, just about, it doesn't always come when you need it. Like it's, it, it but it yeah. will come. Mm -hmm. It will come if you're loyal. And if you honor the process, yeah. something will come. But you have to... You have to trust yourself. You yeah. have to learn to trust yourself, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, and you know, looking back, like when I was apprenticing and first starting out in tattooing, there were some designs that were really hard that I would lie awake in bed thinking about. You know, they're just how am I going to do this? Is it even possible? Is it going to turn out? Yes. Good? But now, when I have those tattoo designs, where I'm like, oh, how do I do this? I just yes. remember, okay, you've done it before. You're yes. always going to yes. do it. Yes. It's going to happen. So just yes. shut up and. Well, how important it. are mentors to you in, in that process along the way? My have you had any really cool mentors? Mm -hmm. Well, the teachers at ATC, wonderful. Yes, I had Ms. Yes. Cook and Ms. D and Ms. Price, and yeah. they were great. And then for tattooing, my mentor and instructor was Nadine Mitchell. She owns Metamorphosis with her yes. mom, Diane. Yes. yes. And uh, so Diane was my mentor when I was piercing. I was Diane's last piercing apprentice, which was super special. She, her and Nadine opened Metamorphosis in 1998, I believe. In August this year, we had the 23rd anniversary. So it's been around wow. for a while. And Diane was a labor and delivery nurse for years and years, and she decided when Nadine started tattooing at Metamorphosis that she wanted to learn how to pierce because Nadine was tattooing and doing the piercing, and Diane was just kind of reception helping out. Yes. But then once the piercing got too much, Nadine's like, I need to hire someone else. So Diane was like, well, I'm going to go learn how to do it. She went and um, took courses in the States and came back and started piercing. So she, um, I was her last piercing apprentice. She's kind of in retirement mode she still comes into the shop every day though and she was great she i loved working with both those women because it wasn't just about is this piercing going to look good is this the right jewelry is this tattoo going to look good a lot of it was very spiritual which is yes. super important to me yes. and that's kind of metamorphosis's whole thing is 
the the piercing is not usually the important part. It's kind of what it's what, journey, what right? it means to someone. Yeah. yeah. Same with tattoos. They're a big deal to some people. And Nadine and Diane really taught me that skin is sacred. That's something Nadine and Diane both said. And um, you, the connection you make with people is, for me, more important than the art a lot of the time. Um, the experience people have at the shop. You can have a really bad experience at a tattoo shop. I have heard so, so many Horrific bad stories. Things. I've had bad experiences at tattoo shops. And it's people get taken advantage of, people get ripped off, people get crappy work, people get assaulted, people, all sorts of stuff because you're in a position of one person's in power. Yes. And you're vulnerable, you're getting hurt, you're wearing less clothing than you normally would be, all that yes, kind of yes, stuff. So yes. you have to make that space so safe. And that's something that's super important to Nadine, Diane, me. Um, that's my first priority is making yes, sure that yes. my client is feeling safe because they're about to get hurt for a long time. So they have to make sure that they're, <laughs> yeah. They're like, comfortable. Uh, how painful is this thing? It's ugly. Um, oh, my, is it? Yeah, it hurts. It, it hurts, yeah. <laughs> it, it gets worse. Like, your body kind of, like, it gets used to the pain. Yeah. If you take a break, though, and mm -hmm. you come back, it hurts a lot. And it depends on the place. depends yeah. on the size. Yeah, like, it depends a lot on the, yeah. I have people, I've had people pass out. I've had people sit for eight hours and be fine. Um, mostly women. Props women are them. usually good at that. Props <laughs> yeah. <to them. laughs> um, I find I like the most my most painful tattoo was probably my ribs. Um, oh. That was probably that was the only tattoo that I had to that I had to say I need a minute because most all the other tattoos I have I could sit through just fine, but Jeez, but that was geez, an assault. I don't, I don't like needles. I, I had trouble with the uh, vaccine. Well, needles. you know I passed out <laughs> from medical needles. Me I, too. I cried for my COVID vaccine. <laughs> I, know, I, know. <laughs> I can't deal with it. Um, but with tattooing, it's like my machine looks like a big pen. It's it's not yes. loud. Um, the needles are so teeny. So most people who are really scared of needles, once they kind of see what's happening, that goes away. Um, okay. And but yeah, medical needles, no, no, thank you. Oh geez, so I hate it. so what were the big decisions in your life that hmm. made the ultimate? I'd say kind of pathing for you. I would say okay. So in high school, one thing that made a big difference that my principal did not like is I only in grade eleven and twelve, I was like, hey, if I really want to be a tattoo artist, I got to draw so much and so in grade 11 and 12 at kelvin i only took the required courses like math science the and then even in grade 12 you don't need to take a science so i didn't and i had a lot of spares so i drew every single spare i drew and i drew and i drew and i remember my principal came up to me it was like october of grade 12 or something and he's like justine you have like eight spares and i'm like yeah i'm drawing i'm preparing for being a tattoo artist and he took me into his office and he's like, you could take this course and you could fill up this spot and take this course. Why don't you take another English? Why are you not taking a science? And I'm like, I want to draw. And I'm like, I already got so many credits. I'm going to graduate with, I think, five credits more than I need. So I'm like, why? Why would I do that? And my parents were on board. They're like, yeah. you're passing. Just do whatever you want. Well, and that's an interesting thing that like an, an educator would come up to you. And what do you guys think of that? Would happened. come up to you and yeah. say, "Oh yeah, uh, just fill your schedule." Exactly. Like, yeah. what's the point of just filling your schedule? To get, I already had enough. If I didn't have enough credits, absolutely, yes. please yes. help me. But yeah. I had, I think I, I don't remember how many I graduated with, like thirty-five or something, and because uh, I worked lots in grade eight, nine, and ten because I, I knew that I wanted to have spares in grade eleven and twelve, and I went to work too. So yes. I had my spares yeah. at the end of the day, and I went and did lifeguarding um, in the mid-afternoon. But yeah, that sucked telling that principal <laughs> to be like, no, this is this yeah. is what I'm doing. And I told yeah. my mom when I got home and she was like, don't listen to him. She's like, yeah. she, she she's not, originally she was a little bit nervous. Both my parents were, I think, about me 
being a tattoo artist because yes. they were worried it's a starving artist kind of job. Um, they were worried I wouldn't make enough money. And a lot of people think like, oh, tattoo shops, drugs and this, and you're gonna fall in with a bad crowd. And But I, I, I think the whole profession is becoming way more respectable. Oh, totally. I, I think it's yeah. slowly developing uh, a sense with more mainstream people mm -hmm. getting it. Yeah. I think that For just sure. brings it now to a more kind of, and I use the term loosely, like respectable yeah. and a respectable profession. Mm -hmm. and, and you're flourishing in it. Yeah, and no, I, it's a great industry. And I, and I can see you're kind of a, a together happening person. Yeah. You're, you know, you're not... For the most part. <laughs> you know, you weren't skulking around here. My wallet's still with me. I, right? I, I, I think we're all <laughs> okay. I, 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 yeah, I think we're all Walk okay. Walk away with your microphones. <laughs> but, I mean, there are some shops that are... Pleasy. Dangerous and not clean and drug fronts and that kind of thing. So I just tell people, if you want to get a tattoo, please... Do not go to a place that will get you in as fast as possible. Yeah, if you can get a tattoo homework. the same day, don't go. Yeah, do, do your not homework. Go. Do yeah, homework. do your homework. Yeah. Meditate on your idea. Um, if you ask the shop to give you a tour and they say no, leave. Absolutely leave because they got gross, gross stuff happening back there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, do your research. Um, look at people's, por people's portfolio. Go oh. to the shop. So Super what's important. your – now, think of a grade 11 or 12 kid. Mm -hmm. What bit of advice would you give them? Just from their own yeah. perspective, not necessarily from a from working in the art industry. Just as a young person right. sitting in grade eleven, mm -hmm. what advice would you give it to a young person? I would say, make sure that you're actually doing something you love, and you're in a place that feels right. I worked in three salons, and one of those salons, I was not myself for a year and a half. I had to dress in a way I didn't want to dress. I was in a very high-end professional salon. I couldn't be myself. I couldn't talk about what I wanted to talk about. I didn't have any real friends at that salon because I couldn't be me. It was way too professional for someone like me. So working at a place that, that you can feel like is, you know, that you can be yourself and, and do, you know, go into courses in, in grade 11. Like I thought for at one point I might want to do social work because I love helping people. I worked at a camp for inner city kids for about 10 years. I love that. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So I went in grade 11, I think, or 10 to booth university it yes, was like a yes, day yeah. where you just go downtown, and walk around downtown. and i was like you know i might want to do social work i want to i wanted to be like a school guidance counselor something with, with and, kids and that's one of the social work specialty yeah. schools and i went and i was like absolutely not i am not sitting in this room i am not sitting in class for five years to do this i need to figure out a different way to help people in a way that feels right for me because as soon as i saw my classrooms I, I met the teachers they were great but as soon as i was in that environment i was like mm -mm, no not for me so, so the camp counselor thing has always been has been mm -hmm. important to you. Oh yeah, in I, everything you do. I worked at this place for. Um, ooh, I started actually working there when I was twelve, and then I think I, my last year was when I was about eighteen or nineteen, and yeah, it was this inner city camp um, in Saint Malo. New Hope Church is on Henderson Saint Highway. Saint Malo. My son just got yeah. married in Saint Malo. Really? It's a super pretty place. Two days ago. I love it. Um, but yeah, this so this church called New Hope. They yes. would. Um, basically every year around summer give out sponsors so the congregation would give money it'd be like 80 to 100 bucks yeah. to send a kid to camp and then the church would put out like an advertisement to the Elmwood community like hey if you have a kid between this age and this age that wants to go to camp for free sign up so the camp wasn't huge like I think the most amount of kids I ever had was like 46 or 45 something like that well that's still busy it was a lot yeah and they it was rough like it was great for those kids but like we'd had to call CFS a few times. Sometimes yes. kids would get like not picked up at the end of the week. 
Um, so you're working with some tough kids. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, abused kids. Like these kids really bond to you, and it is it's awesome. The though. most heartbreaking thing to leave them and send them back yes. to their house. But it's awesome what you're giving them. It's, it was awesome. It yes. was such a good camp, and I just couldn't do it anymore. Like yeah. with time and, and yes, the other yes. stuff I wanted well, to. Good do. for you for doing. It that. was great. Yeah, yeah, I lifeguarded there. I was the canoe instructor. I cooked all all sorts of stuff. So that's awesome. It was that's so fun. Awesome. You know but, what? We're coming. Um, we're coming to the end. And we started a new feature here. So we're going to let to uh, Akira and Zoe. It's called our Whip It Round. Okay. We've never done the Whip It Round. And this is a collection of questions. You have to answer them very quickly. Oh, dear. Okay. And, and you choose one or the other or something's got to come to your head okay, real quick. Okay. I'll try my best. And you know what, Justine, there's no right or wrong answer. Okay. Maybe, I guess. I don't know. No, no, there's no right or wrong answer. So you guys want to go with this? Start it right off the hop. We're going to start with the questions. You ready? All right. Okay. Let's whip it. Yeah. All right, so are you a dog or a cat person? Cat, for sure. Does pineapple belong on pizza? I think it does. What is your favorite day of the week? Oh, I would say Wednesday. Favorite potato chips? Oh, barbecue. Rate your driving ability on a scale of 1 to 10? I'd say 9. What do you put on your toast? Just butter or peanut butter. Do you like summer or winter better? Winter. Slurpee or slushy? Oh, slurpee. Is your desk messy or is it tidy? Oh, it's tidy. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Trek. So something, name something in your fridge that is more than likely expired. Oh, nothing. I'm crazy. I throw everything out as soon as it's expired. <laughs> Favorite musical artist? Oh, like, I love Iron Maiden, for sure. That's probably my top. And then last question, what is your favorite social media platform? Oh, Instagram, probably. Yeah. And you just got whooped. You just got whooped. That's what we just said. So congratulations. And I want to, uh, again, you get something special here. Oh, thank you. Justine, you're getting the Adventures in so Careerland. You can't see this live, but uh, it's happening. The Adventures in Careerland commemorative shirt. I love shirt. it. Thank you so much. It's a medium, and I, I think you need a small. No, that's it? fine. We also want to, because of your connection to the Mate, your Métis background, and she's also related to Louis Riel. Mm -hmm. You didn't say that quickly, but quickly, no. what's your relation to Louis Riel? Okay, so in Louis Riel's council, the typical picture, Paul Pru is at the bottom. Paul Pru is my great-great-great-grandfather. He, I don't know, he, I don't, only three greats, it's not that long ago. He married Louis Riel's niece, and then I'm a descendant of their children. So Louis Riel was like his cousin-in-law, I suppose. Um, but yeah, no, he's, I, I, we couldn't remember exactly what Louis Riel is to me, but... We're from his bloodline. Well, Grandpa Prue would be very proud of yeah, you. Yeah, I hope so. I also notice in the artwork there's a circle of courage that you mm -hmm. put on there. We have a circle of courage Sweet. that is seeds. You plant that. It's a seed. Oh, what? So there's nothing there that is not bio... bio Degradable? Eth or ethical bad, or something, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're just trying to I don't to know the words. <laughs> okay. And we also have some, some uh, bands that you can put on your wrist that... About career development, you also plant Sweet. these. That's so cool. What kind of seeds are in there? Wildflowers. Awesome. And you put them in the ground. And uh, it, I think it's Botanical Paperworks. It's a Winnipeg company, innovative cool. little Winnipeg company that I, I got them from. I've never seen so that before. Go in there, and I can tell you how to plant them later. Thank anyway, you. we're so appreciative of you being here. What a yeah, great opening. Yeah, thank you. What yeah. a great opening podcast. I'm, ex I'm just fun. excited to get this done. So Zoe's our, our kind of editing guru. She'll take care of this, and she'll put it in shape and get it in the right end. Kira will put it up and, and load it and put it together and get the sign and all, all those pieces together. So we're so appreciative yeah, no, appreciative of you me. being here and sharing your story. And I, we could have gone on. There's so many. Every I time you said forever, something, I went, yeah. oh, my God, there's another piece to this. <laughs> so you're, you're a spectacular person. And there's Thank so you. many pieces of your life that are going to continue to grow and nurture and turn into something. I think something very amazing is going to happen to I you. I hope so. 
It, it already is. But I think something even more amazing is going to happen. So, so appreciative. And everybody, that's our program for today. And our season opener, as you will attest, you've listened to it, is a doozy. Thanks for listening, you eight or nine people out there. We appreciate it. And we'll see you again on Adventures in Careerland. <laughs>